So, and some of y'all heard some of this, but um, it's been about a month and a half ago, I got attacked by COVID, and and when I first got attacked, I was kind of like, hmm, this is a strange little cold here, um, and um, just had had the first shot about a week and a half before that, so I thought, well, it's probably just, so I didn't, the reason I'm telling you that, I didn't fight it immediately. I just kind of thought, oh, it's kind of weird. I might have spoke, you know, I'm healed or something, but I didn't really press in and, and fight it. Um, and then once it was much more advanced, a couple of days later, I started, you know, obviously praying and, and I asked the Lord, you know, why did I get COVID? What in the world? You know, I know the word. I know it, I know it didn't come from him. I know it um, isn't something that, you know, that any of us have to be afraid of or, um, you know, and so I wasn't in fear. I wasn't, you know, um, you know, confessing that I was probably going to get, you know, none of those things. But the one thing I did do, the Lord showed me, <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, it's in Mark four nineteen. It said, the cares of this world um, choke out the word. So there's other things in there. There's deceitfulness of riches. There's um, desires for other things. But the, the thing that let the word get choked out of me was the cares of this world things that were bothering me that I just didn't give to the Lord the right way. And so it opened the door. And um, and so the reason I'm telling you all that is sometimes it just, you know, I don't want you all to have a question in your heart about, you know, the word works, right? It always works. Whether we're, whether we're able to work it or not, it's up to each one of us. But the word does work. And God's, and you know, God was so faithful to me. And this is the praise report part, right? So I only missed, I missed two days of work. I was really not feeling well for probably like two or three days. Um, and, and you know, so once I, you know, started, you know, I repented, of course, for having letting the cares of the world and not, not attacking quicker. And I was like, you know what, um, that, you know, this thing may have attacked me. It may have knocked me down, but it's not keeping me down. And so I'm going to have better sense of smell than I had before I got attacked. I'm going to have better lung capacity than I had before I got attacked. I'm going to have better stamina and energy and so, you know, that's my confession. And most of that, 90, probably more than 90% of that's already manifest. I mean, uh, the Lord's helped me. I've been able to go running in the morning and I can smell stuff, you know, and the cats do things they shouldn't do. I smell it and <laughs> like, oh, it's so nice. They smell. <laughs> so, but, uh, but, you know, the Lord's faithful and he, he's, you know, none of us are perfect. He's forgiving and he, he will show us if we miss it. He'll show us where we missed it so we can learn from it and, and, and do better next time. So, you know, I hope that that helps you all to know to know that. And, you know, um, like I said, none of us are perfect. We're all striving to, to, to get 100% of his promises, and that's what he wants for us. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got the blessing here that we at least know that. We know that's what he wants for us. And in some places, they don't even know that. They, you know, it's either a flip of a coin or, you know, God's ways are higher than, you know, we are at least taught here that we know the word's true and that God um, meets his promises. So um, the, the thing that I wanted to share is I, I've been um, reading um, a book that has a lot of different Bible translations in it um, that's similar to Chip's book on our healing covenant, but it's got different subjects. And, and one word just kept popping up to me when I was reading it, and the word status. And so, um, and so I actually, uh, you know, when you think about that word, you think about you know, privileges, you think about you got special access, um, and, and you think about, um, um, you know, somebody that's kind of in a, 
you know, a high position, right? And so I actually looked up the definition of status. It says a position or rank um, that's in hierarchy of prestige. So high prestige is another word for it. And then, of course, access is permission, liberty, or ability to enter, approach, or pass. Um, and so um, the whenever I, before COVID, I traveled a lot. And so I got status, status on airlines, right? So I was like, I was gold, platinum on one airline, silver on another one. And what, what did that, what did that status mean? It meant I got, you know, free upgrades sometimes. I got my leg, I get to check my luggage for free. I got free extra special little snacks. Uh, sometimes I could even go in the special uh, lounges that other people couldn't go into. One time I know I was in, I think it was Japan, the lounge there, they would like give you back massages for free. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's privileges that, that, that are available. Right. And so, um, and the reason that I got that status was because I, I basically kind of earned it. Right. I either spent a lot of money or the company spent a lot of money on my tickets or I flew a lot of miles. And so the, the word status, I think is something that if you, if you um, think about us, right? And so, you know, we're, we're, what's our status? What's our standing or our, our access? And so that's what I want to talk about tonight. And the first uh, place I'd like for us to go is 2 Corinthians 5.17. Y'all probably know, and I'm probably not going to tell you any verses that you don't know, <laughs> but I think it's always good for us to put ourselves in remembrance of, of the word. And um, and think about making sure that we don't forget who we are in God. So that verse says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I've got a few more versions of that same verse that I'll read to you. Um, in the Weiss translation, it says, assuming anyone is in Christ, he is a creation, new in quality. The antiquated, out-of-date things which do not belong to the new life in Christ Jesus have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And the Living Bible says, when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. And so that's, that's, the, that's our starting place, right? We start as a new creature. Once we're born again, we start as a new creature in Christ. I was listening to a, a Brother Hagen um, tape today. And he was talking about when he was, before he got born again, he had two, he said he had two skills. <laughs> they were kind of funny. He said, one skill is I was really good at picking locks, and I was also really good at taming wild animals. <laughs> and that was before he got born again. So he actually used that, that skill of, um, of picking locks to steal some candy. In that, you know, and so he was with some of his buddies, and his buddies were like, you remember that time when, we, when you picked that lock and we went in and got that candy? He said, he just said, no, I don't, you know, and, and so he just kind of sat there and they said, you know, he said, no, that man that did, that's dead. And he said, no, you're not dead. You're right here. He said, no, you're looking at the outside, the tent that, that my spirit lives in. But when, whenever I'm born again, I'm a new creature. I'm new in Christ. And so just reminding ourselves um, that, that that old nature that we had is gone. When we receive Jesus in our hearts, the new creature, then we have a new life that's begun. Let's turn to 1 Peter 2.9. 1 
What do you usually think about when you think of, of a king or a priest or royalty? You know, you really think of somebody that's like, you know, this pretty unique person, somebody that's, you know, um, got a lot of, of honor in their life. And, a lot, you know, and, and Jesus says that we're that. He says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you might proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Another translation says, you are people whom God has chosen to belong to him. You are a group that represents God like priests do, and you rule with God like kings. You are a holy group of people, a group of people who are separate from evil. You are people who belong to God. This is in order that you might proclaim the virtues of God. He's called you from former ways when you were ignorant of his truth, from the marvelous understanding that he gave us. That is, he has called you out of spiritual darkness into spiritual light. So I think, you know, the thing that, you know, the Lord, you know, he put these verses in the Bible so that we would see ourselves where our, our true spiritual position really is. A lot of times it's so easy to, to see ourselves based on what we can see with our eyes and what, what we can feel with our fingers, but our spiritual position is so much more important. And so much more real than what we can see. Let's turn to Romans chapter 5. It says, therefore being, this is verse 1 and 2, therefore being justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So it talks about there how we have access. And how did we get that access? It tells us right above that, right? We have been justified by faith. So with that faith, believing in Jesus, accepting in our hearts, we have have been justified and we have peace And we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And this is where I saw that that word. It was a different translation, but that word status that I was talking about. This is in a translation called the Jordan translation. It says, through him, we also got an open door into this favored position we hold. And we get status from the confidence we receive from God's greatness. The other thing I was, I was, when I was meditating on this, is kind of like, why, why does God want to give us this status? Why does he, why does he seat us in heavenly places? Why, why is he calling us a royal priesthood? Um, what do y'all think? Yeah, he died for us. He loves us. Yeah. And, and he, he wants to put us in a place because he loves us, and he wants to draw people to us, Right? If, if we're walking in, in the power and the authority that he's given us because he loves us and he wants to bless us, it makes people, it's like, wow, what's different about that person? They have so much peace. They have so much happiness. They have joy. And, and there's something special there. And, it's, uh, and that's what draws people, that unique uniqueness and it I think it's even you know as the as the days go by it's even more unique that people people who are are happy and not you know brought down by by the world another version of that Romans 5 1 and 2 says so now since we have been made right in God's sight by faith 
in his promises, oops, we can have real peace with him because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. For because of our faith, he has brought us into this place of highest privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to actually becoming all that God has in mind for us to be. So if you just think about highest the God, the creator of the universe, has brought us into the place of highest privilege. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? Just write down just a little bit further in Romans 5 and verse 11, it says, And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So the, the same version, that Jordan translation, it says, and on top of all this, we get status with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, you know, if you think about, um, I was talking about access and status to get in line first at an airport. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> but status with God. So we, we've got a position with God through Jesus. What are some of the things that that, that status brings to us? One of the things is um, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Let's look there. says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So that, that status with God, that acceptance with God because of Jesus gives us access to this, to the blessings. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What's left out of there? It's nothing left out, right? It's just, you know, I think sometimes we, um, because of, of the world we live in, it's so easy to limit God and say, yeah, but, or, well, it's different because, but um, we just read several verses that talk about we've been put in a place of highest position with God in the heavenly places. In Ephesians 2, verse 4, talks about how God loves us but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus so in, in God's eyes, we're seated right next to Jesus. We're sitting together in the heavenly places. And he made us alive together through that grace that he gave us. He said he's rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. The other thing, when I, when I was meditating on this and, and the, you know, God's not holding things back from us. He's not, you know, well, let me see if they prove themselves out or not. He, he, when Jesus died and he, and he was resurrected, he gave us everything. We start, you know, Chip's talked about this before, right? We start at 100%. Um, and, and, you know, even when we mess up, we repent and we're back to 100%. We're not, well, you got to prove yourself now. you got to work your way back. No, God's ready to, to give us that, that place, 
Um, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4. In, in the one that we're just looking at in Ephesians, it talked about how um, we've been saved by grace and that we're seated in heavenly places. And in Ephesians 4.16, it said, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So he's saying, you know, he's almost just like he's pleading with us. You know, come here. I'll help you. I'll give you what you need. Another version of that is in the Living Bible. It says, so let us come boldly to the very throne of God and stay there to receive his mercy and find grace to help us in our times of need. You know, God never wants us to feel alone when that time of need comes. He never wants us to feel like there's no hope or there's nothing that can help us. He says he wants us to come boldly to the very throne of God and stay there to receive his mercy and to find grace to help us in our time of need. And, the, and one, one way that we can, we can do that is if, if we hide these words in our heart when times are good and when things aren't as hard, and we get these words and we meditate on them and we, and we pray and thank God. You know, I thank you, Lord, that, that I am at your throne and that I, that I have all my needs met and that you're able to give me mercy and grace. Um, and so that's the one way that we can we can make sure that when that time of need comes, we're ready. Um, we don't have to we don't have to um, fear that or dread that. We're just like, no, no matter what happens, God's going to be here to help me. You think about the other um, places where we have power and authority. Um, another place in the Bible that talks about that so powerfully is in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18, 18. This is Jesus talking. He said, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And some, some, another version of that says, Truly, and Amplified says, Truly, I tell you, whatever you forbid and to be declared to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit and declare on and l- declare proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. Another version says, I tell you that all you forbid on earth will be held in heaven to be forbidden. And all that you allow on earth will be held in heaven to be allowed. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> you think about, you're talking about me? <laughs> what I forbid on the earth will be forbidden in heaven? There's another version that says whatever you prohibit on the earth will be prohibited in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I believe, uh, you know, we, we're all getting more and more revelation as time goes on about the authority and the power that, that resides on the inside of us. I do believe, you know, for me anyway, when, whenever I get to heaven, I'm going to still be just shocked 
<laughs> and how much more <laughs> there probably is that we could be walking in that we because you know we, we just we're growing we're getting there but there, I think there's so much more if you think about what I say impacts what happens in heaven whether that this is permitted or allowed or this is or uh, bound that's pretty that's pretty powerful Let's go back to Romans uh, chapter 5, verse 17. Y'all got your fingers through work, walking through the Bible, right? So <laughs> the word's good. It said for in Romans 5, 17, For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and a gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So that's talking again about our position. We're supposed to be reigning in this life. When you think about that, you think about overcoming, succeeding in whatever it is we're working toward, and being that example of a Christian, right? Succeeding in the spiritual things, succeeding in walking in the fruit of the Spirit. And no matter what comes at us, we still have hope. We still have faith. We still have joy. We have love. We don't, oh, well, here it is again. No, we, we thank God. We don't go to the place where our brothers and sisters from the Bible, <laughs> the Israelites, you know, seems like when something came after them, you know, we, we get that example that we can learn from them is, you know, a lot of times when something came after them, they, they, would, they would complain sometimes. And um, and they would they would not be thankful and, you know, and at times. And so we'll talk about the Israelites here in just a minute. I did want to while we're in the general neighborhood, I wanted to go to Philippians 210. Talked about how we reign in Christ and how how the Lord uh, wants us to reign. And of course, uh, Philippians 210 talks about where that power um, and we'll, we'll back up to verse 9. It said, Therefore God has also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So our power and our authority resides in that name of Jesus. And that's the name that he's given us to 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 work this word that he's given us. So as I was talking about the Israelites, you know, what kind of what kind of status did the Israelites have? You know, they're they're a good example for us, both in some good things <laughs> and some not so good things, right? And so um, I think it would you know be really good to to think about what what was it like as Israelites because we know we have a better covenant based on better promises. So if they had something that's good. We get that plus more, right? So let's look, let's look back in the Old Testament about what kind of status did the Israelites have. So it's uh, Psalms 105:37. And this verse is talking about when they were delivered um, out of Egypt and what kind of status they had when they were delivered because when you move from one place to another and it's kind of an emergency situation <laughs> you don't always get 
get anything but the clothes on your back, right? When you escape from the bondage like they had. But um, God did it a little different than that. Um, in uh, Psalm 105:37, it says, he, he brought Israel forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. So he took care of them financially, and he took care of them physically. Uh, and I've got a, another version of that. A couple, uh, one says he brought them forth loaded with silver and gold. And another one, another version says they carried silver and gold, and all of them were healthy and strong. And so that's the status that our, our example that God put in the Bible, that's the status they had. And, of course, we know uh, Psalm 23, 1, right? I know we can all quote that when the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Um, a couple other versions of that say, Jehovah is my shepherd, therefore I can lack nothing. Um, and and the, my favorite one, I think my favorite translation said, the Lord takes care of me as his sheep. I will not be without any good thing. And that, you know, that psalm was written um, by David, but it's something that, that we, that promises for us as well. And, and um, in Proverbs, let's move to Proverbs chapter 8. It says that I may cause those who love me to inherit. It's verse 21. That I, might, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I might fill their treasuries. And so Chip's taught about this before, but, you know, why does God want us to be rich? What's the reason he wants us to be wealthy and have a full supply? And that's what rich means, right? A full supply. Yeah, so we can help other people, so we can establish his kingdom on this earth. Uh, we've talked about, you know, it, it takes money to send people to be a missionary. It takes money to run the church. Um, and so God provides for that. Um, and um, let's look at Proverbs, uh, the, sorry, the different translation of Proverbs 8.21. In the Passion Translation, it says, Those who love me gain great wealth and a glorious inheritance, and I will fill their life with treasures. The Living Bible says, Those who love and follow me are indeed wealthy. I fill their treasuries. Let's look at Isaiah 61, 7. It says, instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion Therefore, in their land they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. So here again, the Lord wanting to, to change things from something bad that comes from the world into honor and, and joy. And, he's, and um, another version says, instead of shame and dishonor, you shall have a double portion of prosperity and everlasting joy. You know, sometimes I think um, we, we forget because we're mere mortals <laughs> how much God wants us to have these things. You know, I'm convinced he wants us to, to have these things and walk in these things much more than, than we even want them. And I know we want them as well, right? But 
I'm just convinced that, that that's his heart's desire. It's not something that we're trying to talk him into letting us have and, and live. It's, it's his heart's desire. Let's uh, move back to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Chapter 9, verse 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you may have all sufficiency in all good things and may have an abundance for every good work. So we talked a few minutes ago about why God wants us to, to have, have more than we need so we can have abundance in every good work. The Barclay translation says, God can give you more than enough of every good gift, enough for you to have plenty for yourselves always, and in any circumstances, and to have enough left over to contribute to every good cause. Um, another translation, the way translation said, God is able to lavish, lavish every gracious gift upon you so that you, always possessing abundance of everything, may lavishly contribute to every good undertaking. The, another translation said, there's no limit to the blessings which God can send you. He will make sure that you will always have all you need for yourselves in every possible circumstance and still have something to spare for all sorts of good works. The Moffat translation, God is able to bless you with ample means so that you may always have quite enough for any emergency of your own and ample besides for any kind act of others. And, and the last translation I'll read there is, God is able to bless you with more than you need. He will give you so much more that you will always be able to give to every good cause. That's some really, you know, just, you can just... Since the heart of God there, right? He, he just wants us to be able to help other people and to be a blessing to other people. Um, let's go down just a little bit. I'll keep reading. Uh, no, wrong chapter. Yep, chapter 9 in Second Corinthians. And it says, the next verse says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. And another translation says, God will make you rich in all things, rich enough for you to be a great blessing to the poor. You will grow rich in every way, way rich enough for every kind of generosity. And then we know, we know this verse, um, I think, um, but let's move to Philippians chapter 4. And then um, this one is, is actually um, the, the last um, bit of Philippians when Paul's talking to the Philippians about um, his needs. And he, and he starts with, um, in, in verse 10, he talks about, you know, I'm able to, to be content no matter what the circumstances are. And so, you know, I think the example there for us is no matter what situation we find ourselves in is, is to, to learn to be content and, and not complain 
but also to be in faith. And, and if there are things that we need that we, we're not seeing manifest, to have that faith. Paul says he, in verse 12, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. What do you, how do you think of that? That's kind of a mindset. You know, you see some people that, that seem to have that success there, and some people it's like, man, one thing goes wrong. You know, the temperature's down one degree, and they're like, oh, ah, it's so cold or it's so hot. Or, you know, what, what do you think the difference is? The, the thing that I've thought about is, is that body and, and natural consciousness of, you know, I want this flesh to be comfortable versus I'm always thinking about, spiritual things i'm always thinking about what's god want here what's the situation here and so no doubt paul noticed when he was hungry (laughs) i'm sure he noticed right stomach growling he noticed um but but he had other things bigger things on his mind he had bigger things that that he was working towards so yeah i know i know I'll, i'll eventually get some food i'll be fine but those those people out there are lost they need jesus those people out there don't understand that jesus died for them um, maybe they need somebody to lay hands on them and, and help them to recover. And so I think it's really, it, it isn't about just, okay, I'm just going to deny, deny, deny. It's really about, no, I'm, I'm thinking about the spiritual things. I'm not thinking about what's going on in the natural. And, and when he finished that verse about, I know how to, I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Then he said in, in Philippians 4.13, which is a verse probably all of us know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so no matter what the situation is, Christ is there with us and he can strengthen us. And then, and then he goes on to talk about um, um, how the Philippians and the other churches were, were sending him aid and, and, and gifts. Um, and he said, um, you know, some pretty powerful things. Um, in verse 18, he said, Indeed, I have all in abound and I am full having received from Epaphroditus the thing sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's just such a powerful thing to know that when we give according to the will of God, that it's something that pleases Him, and it actually, the, the scent of our, our sacrifices are pleasing to Him. And, and then uh, the Ephesians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, another a version of that, Philippians 4.19 says, My God will liberally supply all your need according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And then um, the Hudson translation says, And my God on the scale of his wealth will fully supply in Christ Jesus your, your every need in heaven's glory. If you think about somebody like a, a Bill Gates, right? He's, you know... Lots of money. Uh, his, his scale of wealth is a little different probably than some of ours. <laughs> he, he, he might think, you know, hey, $100 for a meal, that's cheap. We might think it's kind of expensive. <laughs> uh, he may think, a, you know, a $20,000 car is, you know, really cheap. We might think, well, 20000 you know, it's still not cheap. So, but this is the God on the scale of his wealth. I mean, he, he has, he walks on streets of gold. He can create and has created the heavens and the earth. And so the scale of his wealth is, is far surpassing even the most wealthy person in the, in the world. 
And it says, on the scale of his wealth, will fully supply in Christ Jesus your every need in heaven's glory. So the thing that, you know, the Bible talks about meditating on these scriptures and, and you know, the ones that really speak to us, just continuing to remind ourselves, this is why these scriptures are so important. This is why, uh, and so that way when we do have those tough times, when we do have um, questions that come up, either from somebody else or just a stray thought, right? The stray thoughts uh, can come. Don't have to, you don't have to let them stay forever, <laughs> but they, they'll come. Um, and, um, and use the word to, to fight against those things. When, when somebody says, well, that's just the way it is. You can't expect, you know, or you know, actually I can't expect because expecting is faith. <laughs> and I can't expect because this is the promise that my God gave me. And just, you know, the, the importance of hiding that word in our heart and just constantly um, feeding on that word, you know, and, and, and um, making it something that we, that we are just as hungry for as when we wake up in the morning wanting breakfast. We wake up in the morning, morning saying, I need some more of that word. That word is my life. It's, my, it's the food that keeps, sustains my inner being, right? Um, and just, um, and, I, and I think it's just like most everything, right? When, once you've done it enough, then that muscle is there and, and you do have that craving just like you would for, you know, a bowl of oatmeal or some eggs is, you know, hey, I've got to have this word every day. I need, I need more of this because it, 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 you can feel it building your inner self up and, and meditating on it. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, word, the verse that says, my son, attend unto my words. You know, that attend means give it attention. Give it your attention because um, they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. And so the, the word that God has given us is, um, is as important as life and death. And it can save our lives and has probably saved our lives more than we ever will know. Um, but his word is, is, is the thing that, that, um, that we have to honor and attend to. Um, and so um, those are the, that's the, the, the things that the Lord gave me to share tonight. I don't know if other people have um, a testimony that they'd like to share tonight or, um, you know, just uh, wanted to see what you all are, what's on your heart tonight. God's just a good God, isn't he? He's a worthy God. He's, he's so... Yeah, he did. Yeah, he made us in his image. Amen. No, I'm so thankful for, for his mercy. I'm so thankful that, that he saved me. You know, I think about, um, you know, we'd be lost. We'd just be completely lost without the Lord. And um, uh, so let's pray for just a minute. Thank him for his goodness. Father, we thank you. We praise you, Lord. And, and Lord, I know it's just a small group of us here tonight, but, but I, would, I would never want to leave this place without giving folks an opportunity to, to make sure that we're right with you. And there's nothing more important in this world there is nothing more important than knowing that you're our Savior and that you're our Redeemer. 
And so I'd just like to, to give an opportunity, if there's anyone in here that, that doesn't have Jesus in their heart, that wants to accept him into their life and, and accept him as their Lord and Savior, if you could just raise your hand um, to just to let me know. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that, that your saints are here. Your chosen generation is here. Your royal priesthood. We are here by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that that you've called us here at this time, in this season of, of the world, to be a great witness for you, to have a heart for the lost, to care more about the lost than we do our comforts, to care more about the lost and dying world than we do things, cares, that our heart is for the lost and to help people. Father, that, that, we would, that it would be the driving force of our lives, the thing that, that is on our mind and heart continuously, knowing that you would give us the words to say, knowing that you'll show us the people to talk to, show us the people to invite to church, Show us the ones that need the help, Lord. We know that you said that, that you're our shepherd and that we don't follow the, vo- the voice of another. We follow the voice of the good shepherd. And so we trust and believe you, Lord, that you'll show us the folks that, that are ready. Father, you said that, that the, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so, Lord, we pray we pray for the harvest. We pray for more laborers. And we pray for wisdom. And we pray that, that there would be mercy and grace for us to help, for that help that we would need. And that we would extend that same mercy and grace and kindness to the lost, to those who have lost their way. And we thank you, Lord. You're building a glorious church that will be ready to receive you. We thank you for being so good to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I forgot to ask before the service, but would someone help me with uh, the offering? Mr. Johnny, would you be okay to help me with uh, receiving the offering? Pastor Chip will be back on Sunday. Yeah, I think back there in the back is uh, probably the little... Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Pastor Chip and Jared will be back Friday night, so they'll be here. He'll be here Sunday. And usually when he misses uh, service, he will uh, preach doubly good. He's always good. Father, we thank you for this offering. We thank you that we call it blessed. We thank you that uh, you'll bless the seed and you'll bless the folks that give.